This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it! They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown! Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards! Anderson, too much deflected. Into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Pass thrown. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and who that's <laughs> the Qinator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are going through the film of the top four offensive tackles in the 2020 draft. And we are talking today about Georgia offensive tackle Andrew Thomas. It's going to be an interesting discussion because Andrew Thomas is a guy who heading into the season was thought to be the lock, stock, and barrel number one tackle in the 2020 draft class. And now there's a lot of debate as to whether or not that's true. Some people even have him as the fourth offensive tackle in this draft class. We'll see if Joe Blewett is one of those people. Joe Blewett, of course, the host of Blewett's Blitz on JetsXFactor.com. Joe, what's going on, my man? Uh, same thing as last week and the week before that. Probably <laughs> next week and the week after that and the week after that and the week after that. So, uh, Plenty of uh, film work to come, plenty of stuff on Twitter. Uh, plenty of more podcasts to come out, and I'm really interested to see how the how the draft happens with like the virtual stuff. I'm really, really hoping, and I us Jets fans have bad luck, but of course, as the Jets get up to pick, there will be some glitch in the system. The stream will go down. We don't know who the Jets pick. Everybody's panicking. There's rumors of this guy. It's rumors of that guy. So I'm just hoping it's a clean process. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to see how they do it, but uh, as with everybody else, we're all really, really excited for the draft to come because let's be real right now, there's not much to look forward to. It's funny you mention that, Joe, because there was an incident in 2002, and I remember this pretty vividly. 
the Chiefs traded up with the Cowboys from eight to six, and it looked like the Chiefs had run out of time. And so the Vikings tried to sneak in and get Ryan Sims, the defensive tackle. But then there was a battle over whether or not the Chiefs had gotten their card in on time. Turned out that the Chiefs were awarded the pick and they did take Ryan Sims. Minnesota ended up getting Bryant McKinney. But that was one of those weird instances where there was a lack of communication in a variety of areas that led to a misunderstanding that almost led to a player going to a different team. I'm curious to see how that's going to work with this draft because there are a ton of ways in which things like that could go sideways. But let's hope that doesn't happen for the New York Jets. Let's hope that at number 11, one of these tackles is sitting there. And one of the guys that could be in play is George's Andrew Thomas. Now, Andrew Thomas is a player who a lot of people, as I said earlier, pegged as the number one tackle in this class going into the season. And then even as the season was ending, a lot of people believed he was number one. Now we're at the point where there are plenty of people that not even don't have him at number one. They don't even have him at two or three. A lot of pundits have him at number four. A lot of the draft guys seem to have him at number four. So let's break him down a little bit, Joe, and let's start with the passing game because that's the most important thing apparently to Adam Gase and Joe Douglas and it makes sense because Sam Darnold is the crown jewel and above all else you want to make sure that he's properly protected so tell me what you found when you looked at Andrew Thomas as a pass blocker um yeah just in terms of the like where I have him ranked too uh he's OT4 for me for the Jets um just in terms of you know fitting in their passing offense pass heavy sets things like that uh and also you know being a zone heavy team in the run game uh he's ot4 in terms of fit ot3 overall for me um and we were just talking about before we started recording like you know i'd be happy with thomas if they picked him because they need offensive linemen desperately but at the same time it's kind of like a eh, type of pick but like a necessary pick uh like you said the analogy you you use you know you have two grand in your pocket and instead of going out you know on a, on a fun night with your buddies on the town you have to spend that money on the deck that's falling apart for the summer. <laughs> you know, like So in terms of like him versus, you know, uh, Jerry Judy or Lamb or any one of these other guys. So um, he's, he's still a good player though. And I understand that you, why he dropped it just because I don't, I don't think it's necessarily because of his play, but I think when you have guys like Beckton um, emerge, you know, strongly uh, guys like Wills obviously and, and worse, I don't think it's really on him. I think it's just on the other guys raising their game. Um, and people starting to notice their athleticism or their technique or whatever it may be. Um, so, uh, you know, he's still a good player, though. And in terms of pass protection, uh, the thing that helps him out the most, and you hear about his slow feet, which we'll get into, uh, his, the fact that he has 36 and one-eighth inch arms is ridiculous. That's absolute vine. So he doesn't necessarily need the fastest feet because he has that arm length. Obviously, you'd like to see him improve on his feet. Um, but in terms of his strengths, we'll get into that first. Um, grip strength. Um, is very strong. The Vines forms, like I said, at 36 and one inches. Uh, his anchor is really, really good. The power he generates from his, from his lower body is absurd. Uh, even when guys get into his chest where he's not able to um, get his hands in first, he, he's still able to anchor down. And he's only like, you know, only like a one-hop anchor. Like it, it doesn't take him two, three hops. As soon as he gets into his anchor and he, and, or he gets into his bridge, if they, if they continue to push him, uh, he completely shuts down, down guys. And to be completely honest, I don't remember on film, but I would guess not. Um, if I had to, that I don't think he got bull rushed, you know, effectively really one time from everything that I watched from him. So that's really, really 
um, positive. I think in terms of like his technique and you know staying tight to his left guard um, when he's when he's able to, that that's good. I think he's good at taking uh, kind of shutting down blitzes, shutting down stunts. I think he's smart with that. Um, his footwork is definitely spotty, but it, the good part of his footwork is he gets out of his, his stance fast and he covers ground on his first step. You know that 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 drive catch of the first step of the kick uh, kick slide, whatever you want to call it. Um, he covers some ground steps. That's a positive. Uh, he shoots his hands first. Um, and I think that's the positives of the pass game. Now, in terms of the negatives of the pass game, he, his, he has average foot speed. I, I don't think it's, like, really, really bad. Like, some people say it's really, really bad. I think if you if you watch film of Tristan Wirfs and then you go to watch, you know, Andrew Thomas, <laughs> it might affect your opinion a little bit or alter it. Mm-hmm. But I think in just terms of, like, overall prospects, I think his foot speed is average. I don't I don't think it's that that bad. But with his footwork, there are there are some problems. He has, he has clunky feet. Um, they're not really. He doesn't really take smooth steps. It's a, it's a lot of slamming his feet into the ground instead of like a, a you know a really uh, smooth glide backwards in that kick step with even steps. It's a, it's a lot of slamming his feet into the ground. So he doesn't really help himself out with his footwork. And then also um, with that footwork, it, it, it makes it seem slower. But it's, it, like I said, um, there's some things that he could do. Uh, and he needs to take more effect, effective pass sets. In my opinion, there's a lot of situations where, you know, there might be a tight alignment um, and he'll try to, you know, vertical set instead of, instead of 45, uh, 45 degree setting. There's some times where there's a guy out wide and instead of 45 degree setting, he'll, he'll try to, you know, 45, uh, 45 set him. I think I said that wrong. Uh, 45 degree set him instead of vertical setting. Like, there's a lot of things that he can do in terms of just his overall like, knowledge of what passes to take. And then even when he does take pass sets um, that are proper, like, okay, you know, taking a vertical set versus, versus a wide nine, um, great. But he has a tendency to, to not continue in his, in his, uh, his kick slide uh, and staying square to the line of scrimmage, and he'll just open up to chase the guy instead of, you know, staying square, um, not giving him a whole body to work against, you know, just, uh, throwing your, your hips um, underneath, you know, your, your punch, um, into the punch when you are punching him, giving him a harder edge. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe over, you know, just just using words. But he has a tendency to open his hips up too early and chase just using his upper body instead of using his full body thing square to the line of scrimmage, giving less surface area for the uh, defensive end, outside linebacker, edge, whatever you want to call him, um, to work against. So he can definitely fix um, he can fix up things on that. Uh, like I said, with the clunky footwork, his pads rise and fall way too much. You know, when you're watching offensive tackles, you know, a kind of uh, something you want to see is, a, is an even pad level, you know, even helmet. If the, he- if the helmet's popping up and down, up and down, up and down, you know, throughout each step, you can tell the footwork's not very good, and you see that a lot uh, with him. He could, he can struggle against, you know, good speed players. Like when they played uh, when they played LSU and he's playing chase on, there were some times he had to open up because, like I said, you know, I think he could be better than he is in his past, past sets in, in terms of playing on his toes and opening up too soon which would kind of negate the average foot speed. But versus guys who have elite speed, and there are snaps where Chason has elite speed, um, he's going to have to open up. You might have to put a tight end to chip him or you know, do, whatever you, you know, do whatever you can to, to block um, that guy, whether that be to, to slide the left guard um, to him where he could overset a little bit to the outside and overcompensate because he, had, you know, because he has that help inside. So there's some things you could do, um, but – Overall, looking for anything else, there's like I said, there's a little bit of a top heaviness in his pass sets. That's because he opens up and he chases a little bit, so putting a lot of pressure onto his toes. His hands can land wide at some times, 
Um, but I think that's really it in terms of nothing else really coming to my mind watching watching his film. I'm sure there's some other stuff I might have, but that's the that's the brunt of the of the pass game. Average foot speed that looks slower than average because of his ineffective pass sets at times and him opening up his his gate too early when he doesn't need to. You want to open up that gate, you know, when that rusher is getting at your level. Um, but he does it, you know, a step or two too soon, and then it makes his feet look slower than they really are. So. Like I said, I don't think the feet are bad. They're just not as good as, as Wills were expected, you know? I don't know that I would say he's as good a pass protector as Jedrick Wills, but he held up pretty well in the SEC on the tape that you watched, right? Yeah, like I said, it's not bad. It's 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 not it's it's funny when you watch some of it's it's are you judging just what he did in college or are you judging the projection to the NFL? And there's a lot of times where okay, you know, he had to open up and he had to chase a guy. Uh, that that guy he was chasing wouldn't defeat his arms or know the proper footwork to take, you know, whether it be a couple of stabs outside and then, you know, and then a, a hard uh, cross chop and then, you know, bending his angle inside to beat him. So there were some things that he, that he would have gave up if he was playing a better rusher playing the NFL. So it's kind of more about projection what he could be in the pass game. But no, at the same time as saying that, like, yeah, there's sometimes he could have gotten beat, uh, beat, but, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. Like he still has relatively good technique. You just asked him about. You know, I, I just wanted to bring up the the bad thing so people can you know highlight it and you know, what mm-hmm. he can fix. I don't. I don't think it's like a problem where it's okay. He's just so unathletic. He'll never be able to hold up. I think because of his arm length, um, because of some overall other things in his in the positives of his technique that he could hold up against NFL guys. But versus the elite speed rushers, he might struggle. But um, overall, like I said, SEC. Um, he played, you know, well. Uh, I don't think he's, he's definitely not as good as Wills to me. Wills, uh, we'll talk about. Actually, no, it doesn't matter because you listen to the other podcast by now. Uh, I think Wills is coming after this. So uh, he's my number one guy. So Wills is really, really good in the pass game. Uh, Thomas is, is solid. Uh, and like I said, with the technical things he could fix, I, I think he could hold up well in the NFL too. But um, will he fix them? Will he not fix them? You know, that's, that's a question for his offensive line coach, for how he takes the coaching. Etc. There's some guys who might learn proper technique in practice. This happens all the time. Where in practice, you can do it all the time because there's nothing really on the line. But as soon as you're lining up, you know, against a Von Miller, <laughs> you know, you're gonna panic and you're gonna open up every time. And not, it doesn't have to be Von Miller because everybody opens up. But a Cameron Wake, you know, he's, just, he's still a really good speed rusher at his age. You know, so uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. But he definitely wasn't bad in pass protection. That's that's for sure. How do he look as a run blocker? I know that Adam Gase doesn't seem to care much about that, but I'm sure Le'Veon Bell would. If Andrew Thomas were the pick at number 11, yeah. what would Le'Veon Bell have to look forward to with Andrew Thomas as a right or left tackle, helping him open up holes? Uh, he would be looking at some bigger gaps. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, like I said, in the NFL, I, I think he, he, he could be a guy, and if I, if I had to guess, he's, a, he's an average pass blocker, but a definitely above-average run blocker. Um, his arms definitely help. Uh, drives his feet in the run game. The the power the the power he generates from his legs is absolutely ridiculous. So he really moves guys. Really looks to define gaps. Uh, gaps the grip strength helps as as well. You know that helps in both the pass game and and in the run game. Uh, looks for contact. Absolutely loves to to bury guys. If he's gonna come, you know, if he's gonna block on a down block or come, um, in as the post on a on a. Uh, a combo block, he doesn't even really look to overtake blocks in terms of, like, okay, get your hips in front of the guy, um, you know, cover the play side gap, work your feet. He just comes in, attacks the hip, and just absolutely looks to destroy them and take them to the ground. 
Um, so he is good uh, in the run game uh, in terms of like his hand placement, his lower body drive, his uh, you know his leverage that that he plays with the, the the mindset that he likes to bury guys. He continues to drive his feet, um, creating a ton of movement, a ton of uh, defilement um, over those of those gaps. Now, in terms of the the negatives that I saw in, in the run game, you know, for him, for a guy with that average foot speed, him working in space is going to be something he might struggle with a little bit. Um, now, if he's going to pull and like have to kick out an edge. Um, maybe that's a little bit. I, I want him more on the first level than I do on the on the second level. You know, getting out to linebackers and getting out to safeties like arc blocking or being the leader on a on a pull on like a dart run. Those are some things that I I might think he you know he may struggle with in the NFL just because of that average foot speed. But overall, in the run game, you know, nine things out of ten you, you look for, he he fills really really well. So um, he's definitely to be a mauler. He was a mauler in the SEC. There was times where. You know, I would see it. I, I would see the, the formation that the defense is, is lining up in. I knew the down block was coming. I would just start smiling a little bit watching it because I, I know what was coming, and he absolutely was, like loves to, to just absolutely destroy people. So um, if you – and this is why, like I said, he's my OT3, but OT4 for the Jets because he's definitely a guy you want, you know, power versus power, gap scheme, power scheme. Um, instead of, you know, like I said, I said all the time with the zone system, it's more about positional leverage. Uh, not physical leverage, where the you know the ISOs, the counters, the powers, the you know whatever other block you know traps wham. It's more about opening one hole, and it's and it's power versus power. Okay, I'm gonna move you, drive you back, kick you out. Um, so I, I would rather have him in that scheme because that that's what really you know plays into the, the power aspect of people's games, um, the overall strength. So he's not a great fit for the Jets offense because he's not gonna be able to bury guys as much in his own scheme. Um, I still think he could fit. You know, obviously, if you have a guy in Thomas, you want to start edging or, you know, uh, kind of running more, you know, tight zone, belly zone, inside zone, where the tighter the tighter the inside uh, the, the, the run play is in terms of zone, the more it's about, you know, physical leverage over positional leverage, where the wider you get on zone play, it's more about the positional leverage than it is about the physical leverage. So, he can work in a zone system. I don't think it's the best, but if it is a zone system, it has to be a tight inside zone system, not a, not a wide zone outside zone system. But like I said, if you get if you get him working, you know, to to create movement on a guy, um, he's gonna do it because his leg strength is just ridiculous. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. 
So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. One observation that I had while watching Andrew Thomas, Joe, is that I feel like if this was most years, there would be a really strong case for Andrew Thomas as OT1. I think this just happens to be a really stacked class with three guys that have incredible upside. And we talk about the upside of Wirfs. We talk about the upside of Becton. I think Will's upside gets undersold, but we'll talk about that more on the Will's episode. With Thomas, I don't think he necessarily has the upside of those guys, but he seems like a really steady player, somebody that should be able to hold down the spot for a while. And in most drafts, that is the type of guy that ends up being the first tackle off of the board because every now and again, you'll get a draft where you have somebody like Laramie Tunsil or Ronnie Stanley where they just blow guys off of the screen. But Thomas generally is that type of reliable guy that goes as the first offensive tackle. There's a good chance that's not going to happen in this draft, but that to me just shows you the depth of the offensive tackle position in this particular draft, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure, and I, and I agree that uh, if this is any other draft, he would easily be OT1, OT2, and uh, be a lock as a top 10 pick, but now you're seeing some mocks and mocks are pretty much garbage just to be completely honest um <laughs> that he's falling you know uh you know out of the top 15 things like that which is crazy because like you said if this is a you know a regular tackle class he's easily a top 10 pick and he's a lock at the top 10 pick and um like you said in terms of his in terms of his safety as a player uh he's a guy with a floor that in my opinion is an average tackle which could be appealing to some teams like you know there, mm-hmm. there might be some teams um, who, who who are enamored with that floor. Uh, let's say, you know, Wills and Wirfs go in the top, you know, uh, whatever, you know, top five picks or six picks, seven picks, eight picks, and the Browns are sitting there, and you have a guy in Beckton, you have a guy like Thomas on the board, which is a good thing for the Jets, except that one's falling to 11. Um, but nonetheless, uh, they their GM, their scouting staff might love the floor of Thomas and think that Beckton's a little bit too risky because, like I said, I don't think there's any way that Thomas is a, is a bad player um, in the NFL, at least in my opinion, and you know, there's times I've been wrong. There are old times in the future I, I I will be wrong, but you know, based on my opinion, I, I think he will be at least an average player. Where um, Beckton might have a little bit lower of a floor, but a much higher ceiling. So it's like, what what do you have to weigh out? What what system are the Browns going to run more? So there's so many there's so many things um, that play into. You know, Beckton's kind of a unicorn where he is so big that he could fit into pretty much any type of uh, running scheme, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see if if the Jets you know feel the same way about him. Uh, maybe 
you know, there's so many situations that can happen in the NFL draft. How many times in the NFL draft do people say, this is a lock, that's a lock, this is going to happen, and then or there's going to be so many trades this year, and there's like one trade and everything that people predicted didn't happen. So um, it'll be interesting. Maybe the Jets are sitting there with Thomas at, you know, 11, and, and they trade back a couple spots because they don't like his athleticism and his fit into the zone, into the zone scheme. Um, and in terms of like being in the pass, you know, pass sets with 10, 11 personnel with wider splits, things like that, maybe they don't feel he fits as well in that. They trade back four picks and, and draft the guy in Josh Jones, whoever he's talking about now. So it's going to be really interesting. But um, I, I do like Thomas as a prospect just because of, of that floor where, yes, the ceiling is lower than all the other, you know, the big three tackles. But um, the floor is also, you know, pretty high. So it's, it's, a, it's a safe type of pick for him. I was just going to ask you about Josh Jones in the context of Andrew Thomas, Joe, because I wonder if it's possible that Joe Douglas and Adam Gase, who both seem to really be leaning in on the pass protection, would look at this and, as you said, say to themselves, Andrew Thomas is a good player. Maybe he's not the ideal fit for us. Perhaps we're better off going with somebody like Josh Jones, who's better known for his pass blocking, and he would be a better fit. Do you think that's a possibility that they could be sitting there and, as you said, Andrew Thomas is on the board at 11 and they decide either to trade down or to bypass Thomas entirely and take Jones because they think that he's better for what they want to do? Yeah, it's, it's just it's a risky game with that because, you know, honestly, if I'm sitting there at 11, um, the only trade offers that you think are valuable are, let's say, trading down to 15 with whoever. I'm not, you know, looking at the picks all day, so I don't know who that 15, but they want to trade it down to 15. You know, whoever trades up to 11 takes, you know, let's just say Jerry Judy and then, you know, team 12 and 14 take you know, Thomas and Jones. Then you're sitting there with your hands empty with the number one receiver you might have taken not there and no tackle, you know, that, that you want there. So now what do you do? You know, it's just a risky game. So in my opinion, if he's there at 11, just take him at 11 because I don't like the whole trade down thing mm-hmm. unless you know, you know, that, okay, maybe you trade down to 13. You know that the team who's traded to 11 is taking Jerry Judy. Now you're happy with either Thomas or Jones at 13, then yeah, do that. But in terms of like trading down multiple picks where none of them are going to be there, I think it's way too risky of a game, especially when you have, you know, Sam Darnold going into his third year. He needs to be um, protected. So it, it's a risky game. It depends on how far the trade down is, but it's always a possibility because, like you said, you know, and I, like I said, in terms of the offense that the Jets run and, you know, both, both the run game and the pass game. Uh, Jones may be a better fit. I'm not going to really speak a ton on Jones. I can speak on what I've heard of him, but I haven't really watched his film, so I don't like to just say things um, and blabber them out. I think it's kind of irresponsible, uh, to be completely honest. But um, it's a possibility. It just it, it might be a little bit risky. Where, like you said, if you know if it's an average tackle class and the Jets were sitting there at 11 and Thomas you know fell, it, it would be it would be absolutely crazy. And the Jets would have to jump on that pick. But because of how good the tackle class is, he's being devalued a little bit, which I don't think is necessarily the right thing. Um, or the right way to look at it, I think if he's there at 11, I, I'll probably just grab him because, I, like I said, I, I think he's a he's a safer um, pick with, like I said, not the highest ceiling. But if you could get, you know, if, if I can guarantee you that Thomas, let's say, is not a top 10 guy, but always going to be in that 11, 12, 13 range, you know, going forward for the next 10 years, I think everybody would smartly take that, you know. So um, it's, it's a risky game. Joe, the more I watched Andrew Thomas and the more I dug into him, and you heard the episode yesterday with Rusty Mansell 
talking about Andrew Thomas as a person and everything that Rusty saw covering Andrew Thomas on the ground in Georgia. He reminds me a lot of the Brickishaw Ferguson. Now, before you give me a 25-minute lecture on how they're different players and stylistically they're not the same, I understand that. I'm not talking about that. I understand that Brick was a much better athlete. He got by more on that. Thomas is stronger. That's more what he gets by on. I'm just talking about the fact that they're both very smart kids. Both have impeccable character. Both seem to be incredibly durable and reliable. Debrickshaw Ferguson played a ton of games in Virginia, and then he played 10 years for the Jets, 160 games. He's a player that was never going to be considered among the elite offensive tackles in the league, but he was always in that borderline Pro Bowl-ish range and went to the Pro Bowl three times out of 10 years. So nobody's going to be telling you that this guy is going to go to the Hall of Fame or that he's an all-time great player. But what he was was a reliable player who locked down the left tackle position for a decade. I sort of see Andrew Thomas in a similar way. I think he would fit in here very well from a culture standpoint. I think he's a guy that could come in and play right away, start right away. And I think he's somebody that you could put at that tackle spot and not have to worry about it for the next 10 years. Now, as we said, his ceiling isn't as high as the other three guys, but I think that there's a lot of value in that. So do you agree with me putting aside the stylistic comparisons that there's a lot of DeBrickishaw Ferguson here in the sense that with Brick, he was there for 10 years and you never had to worry about the left tackle position. He was never going to be top of the line, but he was very reliable and very solid and that Andrew Thomas could be that same type of stabilizing force at the left tackle position for the Jets for, say, the next decade or so. No, your, your opinion is completely wrong and you're just, you're just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I get bored sometimes, Scott. So, uh, yeah, it's... um. I agree with that. It, obviously, they're different. They're different type of players. Like you said, stylistically, put that aside. Um, one's more finesse, um, or one's more power, but they both have good technique. Um, and like I said, if, if I can guarantee you that he's going to be a top ten to twelve guy um, for, the, for the next ten years, I think you, you'd be idiotic not to take him. Obviously, depending on who's there. Now, like I said, he's my OT four for the Jets, so he's the last option of those guys. But it, doesn't, it does not make him a bad option. Um, so I would be completely happy with the, with the Jets taking him, um, you know, at, at 11. And he doesn't have that feeling. Like you said, you know, Brick was limited in, in strength, uh, had good athleticism and had really good technique. So he's never going to be, you know, one of the top flight guys where Thomas is the same type of thing. You know, he's limited in his athleticism, but really good power. So he's never going to be one of those top guys. So they both have good technique. Um, and obviously he has a long way to go just to be at the level Brick was for as long as he was. Um, but I'm just saying in terms of like, you know, their kind of their player profiles uh, kind of compared to each other. They're both relatively safe players, but players who won't get you um, the maybe the impact, the high level impact that a guy like Becton might. But he also won't have as lower of a floor as Becton, in my opinion. Um, now, I think that guys in Worfs and Wills both have the same floor as, as Thomas and, and just ridiculously high ceilings um, as long as Becton, he has a lower floor. So. Uh, kind of getting into like a like a, a black hole right here, but uh, yeah, he he is a, is a smart pick at eleven. He's not going to be a top like guy ever uh, because you can't just fix foot speed. But like I was talking about with his strengths and weaknesses, there are some things that make him look like he's slower on his feet, opening his gate up too early. Then that's where people you see the you see the the air quotes playing on his toes, top heavy. That comes because he's using just his upper body and is playing catch up and, and uh, instead of 
you know, staying in a good base, staying square to long scrimmage, using his, his uh, arm length to his advantage, um, giving less body to punch, staying with a better base. You know, so there's some things he could work on to make his feet even better, but uh, which I think his feet are average, like I said, but he's just never going to be a top flight guy uh, like a Wills who could do everything. You know, he's, a, he's an athlete. He could completely destroy you. Or worse, he could do everything. You know, or guys, top flight guys in the league, the, you know, the Lane Johnsons, the, the Tyrone Smiths, like those guys have to have everything to be top flight. So he's not ever going to be that, but he's, you know, safe, like, like we said. I think when you look around the league and you see how bad a lot of the tackles are, and when you look at how poor tackle play has been for the Jets over the last couple of years, having a guy that can lock down the position for 10 years, even if he's not going to be elite, even if he's just going to be good to very good, is a very appealing option. So as much as I would like to have any of these four, I would be perfectly happy with Andrew Thomas. Joe Blewett, who is the host of Blewett's Blitz over at JetsXFactor.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the film on Andrew Thomas with me. As always, really appreciate it. People can go to your Twitter to get some of the reviews, but if they want the entire review, they can see clips on your Twitter, they can see parts on the YouTube, but if they want all of it, they've got to go to JetsXFactor.com. So talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, it's it's six dollars a month for the for the whole website, and like you said, you know Michael Nanya never stops. So we're doing like he, you you have him doing uh, Trayvon Wesco blocking, and who had the most impact on on special teams return teams? Like it's, <laughs> it's crazy. You get all that. You get you get what I do. Like you said with the reviews, um, I'm limited to 240 characters on Twitter. Where I was on the website, I could go a little bit more in depth. The show on YouTube, you get like half of it free, and then the, the second half, it's it's not free. Uh, the website, you get the strengths and weaknesses, which I don't give out on Twitter anymore. Um, but you can still get a lot from just the 11, 12, 13 plays I may put up on Twitter. I put up a, about a third of the reviews. But uh, a lot of stuff coming your way soon. Obviously, the, the eight draft guys I've, I, we've been talking about or that I've done, you know, the four uh, tackles, the three wide receivers, and Chase on I, I've done. I just did a show on Brashad Perryman. Uh, with Marcus Coleman, who quite literally played the NFL for 11 years, and he's breaking down film of your, you know, the new Jets receiver. So instead of kind of just agreeing with all the same cycle opinion, uh, opinions, I think it's the smart thing to do to go and watch the review of Rashad Perryman with the NFL defensive back breaking him down. Like I don't think it gets much better than that. Um, so I would go check that out. Like you said, Blue It Splits on the podcast at Blue It Splits on YouTube. Uh, we already have uh, Perryman up. We have Becton up. We have Thomas up. By the time you listen to this, we will have uh, Wills and Wurfs up. So it's definitely a good channel to check out in, in my uh, maybe biased but humble opinion. <laughs> good to see Marcus getting in on the film reviews, especially now that his name is back out there in the public because they just re-aired the Monday Night Miracle where he was a hero. And, of course, if you want to go back and listen to Marcus talk about the game play-by-play with me, it's in the archives. We did a watch-along a couple of years ago on the Monday Night Miracle that went down in 2000. And you should also watch Marcus break down the film on Brashad Perriman with Joe over at JetsXFactor.com. So follow Joe on Twitter at JoeRB31. Check out Joe and Michael Nania over at JetsXFactor.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.